Podcast. I'm Louie, and as always, I'm joined by my bud, Dave. Hey. And Dave, it's September, currently. And for, for people like us that celebrate Halloween, it's already, it's already that time of the year in our heads. Do you agree with me? Yeah, pretty much. You know, like, maybe like nine years ago, ten years ago, I would say it would be like the second week of, of September. But... It's definitely the beginning of September now that starts the Halloween season. Yeah, especially if you're a fan of the holiday, like a super fan of the holiday. Like, some stores already have decorations out and candy and costumes. Um, I think we were just talking off off air. You said you went to a Target, but you didn't see much out yet, right? Yeah, they. I mean, they have, like, fall stuff out. Like, they have, like, the fall-themed, like... You know, like they have like the Milano pumpkin spice cookies, which are actually amazing. So you should, anyone listening should pick those up. Uh, like they have like the, the pumpkin cereals and whatnot. And they have the Halloween aisles set up, at least the candy ones. But they still have the back to school stuff set up. I was looking for the the, the Hocus Pocus cookies, but I, to, to, to my avail, they're, they are not out yet. Yeah, dude, those Hocus Pocus cookies and the uh, Mountain Dew Voodoo are really hard to come by. Maybe just maybe that's just here in New York because I see everyone else is getting their hands on them. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but for some reason, you and I have no luck finding like finding them this early. But it is it is basically that time of the year, and I thought on the show today we'd talk a little Treehouse of Horrors. So Dave, where do you stand when it comes to The Simpsons? Well, as a kid, I definitely was very much into them, the show. I remember like the arcade game and it correct me if I'm wrong. In the arcade game, Bart was on a skateboard the entire time, right? Yes. And were the vi- like was the main villain of the game the aliens? I can't remember. I, I thought it was Mr. Bur. I don't think it was Mr. Burns, actually. Someone kidnaps Maggie, and you have to save her. That's the uh, the premise of the arcade game, if I remember correctly. It yeah. might be Mr. Burns. It might not. I, I don't. I, dude, I haven't played that game. I think the last time I <laughs> played so that. It's so good. It's amazing. They have to re-release that on, on some system. I, I or hope. Council or something. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. So... The last time I played it was actually in Salem, maybe like four years ago. And I played it for like 20 or 30 minutes. And it's such a great... I always love playing with like Marge. She had like the vacuum. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you remember that? I think it was like yeah. Marge had a vacuum. And, and um, Homer didn't have a weapon. I think he just used his like fist. And uh, Bart <laughs> had the skateboard. And I think Lisa had a jump rope, if I remember correctly. I don't remember what she had. Yeah, but that game... That game was awesome and honestly they they need to they need to stop uh stop playing games and release that to everyone so they can play it. But uh for me, I I always I always loved the show. I'll admit I always gravitated and favored the first like 10 or so seasons, maybe like 12, you know? And it's something it's a show I'll put on when I'm like editing or cleaning my house, you know what I mean? Or, you know, like it's something I yeah. can always throw on. It's good background. Exactly. And I've seen Yeah, it's good background noise. And I have so many favorite episodes that like, you know, it's it's just it's one of those like comfort shows, I could say. Like you could just kind of throw it on yeah. and pay attention to it or not pay attention to it. Yeah, I can agree with that. Like you don't have to necessarily It's not something you have to sit and just, like, dedicate hours to. You know what I mean? And, like, really pay attention to the plot and all that stuff. You know, like like I was saying, as a kid, I definitely loved it. 
you know, I feel like once you get older, you probably understand more of the things that are going on in the episodes. But I felt like as I got older, I kind of just didn't really care to check out the show anymore. But it certainly has its place in pop culture. So The Simpsons is, is 100% important in all aspects of, uh, of uh, I would say, again, pop culture. So Yeah, I totally agree. And most people our age, I think like when they think of the show, they think of, like again, the earlier seasons. I don't think... It's crazy to think that it's still on, dude. Isn't that crazy? It's like 30 is years. Is it still on? Jeez. It's still on. They still produce <laughs> new episodes. Yeah, dude. It's uh, That's good. It's crazy to think that it's... One of like the longest running shows of all time. It's just insane. But people still watch it. It's still really important to people. There's there's something I want to ask you. So when you were a kid, did you ever own the uh, Burger King Simpsons dolls? I feel like everyone of course. around our, like our age had them. And I remember my mother. She I think she was in. She was like she went back to school at one point, and I think there was like a Burger King by her college, and. Every time she'd come home after her classes, she'd bring me, like, one of the dolls. And I believe I had all of them. I still have the Homer somewhere. It's, like, in the storage. But those dolls, to me, represent my childhood. And any time I watch the show, I automatically think of that memory. I, I think the Maggie doll was the hardest one to get. Because I, I remember, like, I think it was Homer and Bart were super, like, common like those were really easy to find like you always got them but like every now and then like a maggie would show up or a lisa would show up and you're like oh shit <laughs> so you know like I, I think some of them were a little more you know a little a little more exclusive than the others but yeah i definitely had those toys yeah they pop up on ebay sometimes so i think my favorite aspect of the simpsons is the bootleg route of the simpsons where they would just take Bart and make him, like, whatever character is popular or something silly. Like, I've seen Bart as Freddy Krueger. Like, I've seen Bart, like, in, like, a cemetery. I've seen all kinds of really dumb plays on The Simpsons, and I fucking love it. And I think it's hysterical, and I almost like it more than the actual show. Yeah, I, I remember back in the day seeing a lot of, like, bootleg t-shirts with, like, Bart Simpson on his skateboard, like have a cow man or whatever, like all all yeah. his like sayings basically yeah. on it. And you could always tell it was a bootleg because their clothing was always the wrong color. <laughs> like Bart was wearing like a red shirt and like green pants. Like it or was like, always <laughs> fake, but you could tell it was him. Or he had like a white shirt and red shorts on. And it was just, it, it was the complete opposite of what it should have been. And it was amazing. Yeah. And it's funny because I feel like all that stuff is popular now. And I bet if you go on eBay, yeah, 100%. if you go on eBay and you look up like bootleg Simpsons gear, Simpsons t-shirt, you'll see it. And it'll be like a hundred dollars, like an authentic shirt, you know? And, and there's brands that are, like, purposely doing that. Like, you know, taking, you know, Simpsons imagery and putting it with their imagery. And, 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 it's, and, and some of it's done it, like, in, insanely well. No, for sure. For sure. I think I own one or two shirts that are, like, Simpsons. I don't think they're officially licensed, but they're Simpsons t-shirts that are kind of parodying something or, or some silly type of thing. I'm sure you have one or two as well. So. I think so. <laughs> Simpsons adjacent. So one of the most important things when it comes to The Simpsons are the Treehouse of Horror episodes. To me, to me at least. I think you'd agree with me, right, Dave? Absolutely. 
So the Trios of Horror episodes are basically the Simpsons annual Halloween special. Each episode is formatted in the anthology style, like uh, The Twilight Zone, Tales from the Crypt, Tales from the Dark Side. You can see that was an influence on these specific episodes. And another fun thing about these episodes are, are they're not canon. So, like, they tend to kill characters off and do all kinds of insane shit. So I thought it would be fun for us to kind of revisit the first two Treehouse of Horror episodes. Now, Dave, when was the last time you actually watched one of these episodes? Oh, I probably when I was a kid. I, I definitely watched these when I was a kid. But I couldn't, like, when you told me we were, we were going to, you know, when we discussed we were going to cover these, I couldn't even tell you what was what in any of these. So watching these was completely new to me. Yeah, I, I watch them a lot. I, I tend to throw, I used to have a, a DVD, I remember, that had all of, the, all of these episodes specifically on them. And I watch it, like, every October, every September. Um, they are some of my favorite episodes, and that's just probably because they're all Halloween and like horror related, and it's the it's the Simpsons spin on that genre. Yeah, and I I can't think of another show. You know, we've covered other Halloween specials. I can't think of another show that is so, like that. Their Halloween shows are like like these events. Like I remember Fox always like airing commercials for him it was always a build-up and i don't think it was like that for the original like the first one which we're about to get into but it's just it, it became this big thing and like even to this day people like cover like oh i wonder what they're gonna parody this year i think recently they did like stranger things and things like that so it's just kind of crazy how over the years they've been able to kind of keep it fresh and innovative you know what i mean yeah and one really funny thing is and i don't know if you noticed this in the episode I don't know. I didn't see the word Treehouse of Horrors anywhere. Yeah. And and just to cover our butts, the, it's never verbally mentioned. It's called the Treehouse of Horror. But once we get into episode one, the very first Treehouse of Horror, I could see why it was called that. Hello, everyone. <clears throat> you know, Halloween is a very strange holiday. Personally, I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Kids worshiping ghosts, pretending to be devils. Mm-hmm. Things on TV that are completely inappropriate for younger viewers. Mm-hmm. Nothing seems to bother my kids, but tonight's show, which I totally wash my hands of, is really scary. So if you have sensitive children, maybe you should tuck them into bed early tonight instead of writing us angry letters tomorrow. Thanks for your attention. So the original Treehouse of Horror aired on October 25th, 1990, and it's the third episode of the second season. So like most other sitcoms, they started doing these holiday, Halloween-themed episodes in the second season. We recently covered Roseanne, and same thing. Season two is where the Halloween special everyone knows aired it was part of that season i think it makes sense though because you have to establish a world you know and you have to establish characters and you have to establish themes so i think once you do that then and you do it successfully it gives you the green light to go ahead and, and and start doing more ambitious things like doing an entire halloween themed episode and keep it going for however many years the show has been on already well, it seems to be working for The Simpsons because uh, absolutely they're still doing this shit. So, 
So uh, this episode opens with a warning from Marge Simpson. It's very much in the style of the original Frankenstein. She just kind of comes out and warns everyone like, hey, this is very scary. You know, put your children to bed. They shouldn't be watching this. Kind of gassing everyone up. It's great. I always, I yeah, always I loved, loved that they added that. Yeah, it was, it's, it's awesome. And after that, they have a, uh, uh, an intro where the, the camera's kind of panning through a, a, a Springfield cemetery. And you see all kinds of like funny tombstones. I think one of them says like Elvis and Paul McCartney, I think. Yeah, they're all pretty generic, but <laughs> yeah, silly. Yeah, they add like little silly things in them. And it's just kind of, it's really cartoony. And then you have this big title card of the Simpsons Halloween special. So we cut to Bart, Lisa, and Maggie hanging out in their treehouse telling scary stories. I believe, Lisa, you kind of catch the ending of her story, which I believe is like a take on um, When a Stranger Calls, where like the killer's in the house, or I think she says yeah. the killer's on the first floor or in the basement or something like that, she says. And Bart isn't impressed. He thinks all the stories she's telling are terrible. Of course. He's like falling asleep and cracking jokes. You know, what I thought was funny was I, I, I like how it, it, it starts to zoom in on the treehouse, but then it zooms out and it goes down to Homer, who was trick-or-treating. And it was just funny to me that the kids are in the treehouse and Homer was out trick-or-treating. <laughs> I know. he's The thing with Homer's like a big kid. That's always yeah. been how he's portrayed on the show. And that is really funny that he's like, like standing there dressed as a ghost. Yeah. And he's like really happy with all the candy he has. And again, throughout the entire series, Homer is like Marge's like fourth child, basically. <laughs> yep. So Homer's all excited. He's holding his bag of candy. And he notices that the kids are in the treehouse telling stories. So he decides to eavesdrop on them. So he climbs up. And in the middle of this, Bart starts to go into his first story. And the title of this segment is Bad Dream House. By the way... Uh, I wrote down in my notes, I'm naming one of my albums. Dude, the fact that no one's done that it's blows amazing. my mind because that's amazing. It's an amazing title. So this segment is obviously inspired by Poltergeist and the Amityville Horror. Like it's blatantly obvious that's what inspired this segment. And honestly, whenever I talk to people about like uh, the, the Treehouse of Horrors, a lot of them mentioned this episode because it was the very first one. So I feel like a lot of people watched this growing up. I, I would have I would definitely have to agree with that. So the Simpsons decide to buy this really old house for dirt cheap. And like Lisa, like always, she like quickly senses that there's like an evil presence. And Homer's kind of just brushing them all off. He's kind of like, ah, shut up. We got this house for cheap. It's just an old house. I think at one point he sits on like a, a little like sofa or couch and the house is like, get out. And he's like, oh, it's just the house settling. Like He's just. It, it's he's legit. So... Legit. Shit hits the fan the second the episode starts. Like there's no foreshadowing. There's no. There, it's just bad shit right away. And they kind of just, like, ignore it a bit. Like, Marge, like always, she's, like, the voice of reason. She, like, notices that something's off right away. Like, at one point, she walks into the kitchen and the walls are bleeding. <laughs> and she's yeah, just, just dripping blood. Yeah, she's like, oh, uh, I think she says something about rusty pipes or something about, like, the house just being old. So even she's a little oblivious. Shit's flying all over the place. Things are, like, floating in the air. And there's even a scene where there's, like, a portal in the kitchen 
to another dimension. And Homer, he grabs an orange and just kind of throws it into the portal. <laughs> and then the orange flies back at them. And there's like a note on it. <laughs> and it says, stop throwing things into, into our... I forgot exactly what they say, but it's like, please stop throwing things into our uh, into our world or something like that. <laughs> it's like, stop throwing trash into our dimension or some shit like that. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> so Homer doesn't give a shit. He's just kind of like, whatever. He's just having fun with the whole thing. So later that night, the house possesses the entire family. And each one of them start grabbing like all sorts of like sharp objects, axes and butcher knives. And I think even like Maggie has like a little like uh, not a switchblade, but like a pocket knife in her mouth when she's like crawling on the floor. So I remember saying to myself as I'm watching this, like this is really dark for like a family television cartoon. They all have like these brutal weapons. The house is telling them to kill and, and and prior to the scenes with the house telling them to kill, there's a scene where Bart is getting strangled by a lamp. And I'm like, this is like, kids are seeing this. It, it's it's really funny. It is. And, and another thing we didn't mention yet was it has a great score. It does. Like the little creepy music that's playing is like awesome. And it really does. Like it's silly. It's the Simpsons. But like that music kind of does add a little creepy factor to it. Oh, 100%. So the entire family, they're basically in a circle. They all have their knives and axes pointed at each other. And during this scene, you're constantly cutting back to Marge, who is also grabbing a knife. At one point, I think Homer's like, where are you, Marge, or something like that. And Marge is like, I'm in the kitchen. (laughs) And then he notices the kids and goes after them. So we see Marge. She's raising the knife, lowers it. And all she's doing is making a sandwich. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's amazing. It is. It's great. So she notices the family. She runs outside and she's like, what are you guys doing? This house is terrible. Look, you're going to all kill each other. And they're all like, oh, I'm sorry. They all drop like their weapons and walk away. It's like nothing ever happened. And she's like, kids, grab your jackets. We're getting out of here. And then I think in this little conversation, Lisa walks over to like the basement and notices that there's an Indian burial ground at the bottom of the steps. (laughs) And I think this was really funny. This made me laugh. And I was just like, I don't know why I got a kick out of this, but like one of the tombstones says crazy horse. And then there's another tomb, like another tombstone next to it that says not not so so crazy crazy horse. horse. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Homer grabs like the phone and he's like, did you tell us that this house was built on like a, an Indian burial ground? He's just like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. And then he hangs up and he tells Marge, like, yeah, they mentioned it four or five times. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> Homer's just, he just really was, he was just happy that they got this house for cheap. <laughs> you got to get that house for cheap, boy. So, at this point, Marge, she's had enough. She's fucking screaming. The house keeps kind of, like, telling them to get out. They're going to die. I think he says he's going to, like, fry their brains. Their intestines are going to explode. And she's like, shut up, leave us alone. What is the point of all of this? It makes no sense. And Marge is just kind of like, she explains to her family. She's like, look, if we're going to live here, we have to just accept each other. Like she tells that to the family. She tells that to the house. And the house is obedient. It actually listens to Marge because Marge is, she's the mom. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like it's got to listen to her. So the house is like, can I have a a minute alone? And they leave, the Simpsons leave, they all walk out, and the house, poltergeist style, 
implodes. Like it, it like sucks itself in and evaporates into itself. So it would rather die than, be with the than have to live with the Simpsons. <laughs> and Lisa says that too. It's funny because Lisa, like in these early seasons, it's like she's always the smart one and always like there's a lot of foreshadowing with her. And she's always like has like these quotes and these little lines, you know. And it, it's like in these episodes specifically, it's almost like they didn't listen to Lisa at all. Yeah. And dude, when when uh, when the house sucks itself in and disappears and they're all just staring like at like the like the nothing that's there, the purple sky, that whole setting is really, really good. Like it just it's just so atmospheric and it, it's I don't know. I, I, I really love like those exterior illustrations that they do because it's just such a I don't know, like they, they really have their own. They have their own life. You know what yeah, I mean? It's it's, it's it's crazy to associate the word atmospheric in The Simpsons. But this, this segment has a lot of atmosphere, which is so odd, but it does. Greetings, Earthlings. I am Kang. Do not be frightened. We mean you no harm. You, you speak English. I am actually speaking Rigelian. By an astonishing coincidence, both of our languages are exactly the same. Well, what are you going to do with this, man? Kodos and I are taking you to Rigel 4, a world of infinite delights to tantalize your senses and challenge your intellectual limitations. Look, I know that to you we Simpsons are a lower order of life. We face that prejudice every day of our lives, but we are happy on our little planet. We throw ourselves on your mercy. Please return us to- Dinner time. Hey, get a load of that spread. So in the second segment, Hungry Are the Damned, the Simpsons are just kind of hanging out in their backyard having a barbecue. Like, at one point, Homer puts way too much like uh, gas or something in the, in, the bar, in the grill, and it blows up. They're, like, killing flies and shit. It's pretty mundane. Like, they're just kind of hanging out. <laughs> yeah. And then ra- and then randomly, an alien abducts them and, like, kind of sucks them up into the ship with those, like, beam of lights. I forget what you call what, but what you would call them. Kind of just lifting them into the, into the uh, ship. Right. And they have trouble lifting Homer because he's too fat. So they have to use two beams <laughs> while he's munching on a burger. Yeah. <laughs> And once they're inside the ship, they're introduced to these three aliens, Kang, Kodos, and Serac. I th- I, I, I'm probably butchering his name. His name is Serac the Preparer. <laughs> well, to be fair, he'd have to remove your tongue for you to properly pronounce the name. <laughs> exactly. And I guess that's why, because I can't fucking say his name. <laughs> so there you go. That's why. And Kang and Kodos are, are like are like two of the most popular uh like alien like there's I, I i think i think this might be the first time you're ever introduced to them if i remember correctly i might be wrong but i have a feeling this was the first time you ever met these aliens or had an episode themed around them if if i if i if i remember correctly i i don't know why but for whatever reason the aliens remind me of the principal from the uh from the from the school that's in that's in the simpsons I don't know. It's, it sounds stupid, but I don't know why, but they just do. I think it might be the same actor that voices them. That's why. Or voices one of them. I, I think that's, that's possible. Why. Remember, dude, on The Simpsons, it's like the same seven people voice like almost all. Like each actor voices like two or three characters. So, you know, tangent alert. Uh, didn't the girl that's in Return of the Living Dead 2 
the the girl with the red hair isn't she the voice actor of Bart Simpson? Ah, uh, I don't remember. I could be very wrong about this, so please do not quote me on this. But I could have sworn she was the voice actor for Bart Simpson. Maybe I, I I'll be honest, I'm not as familiar with Return of the Living Dead two as I am the first one. Like the first one, I know like the back of my hand. Part two, I don't watch as much. Dude, I love part two. A lot of people give it shit. A lot of people give it shit. I fucking love that movie. Like, it's, it's. You know what? I I will say that Return of Living Return of the Living Dead Two is like Chud Two, where it's an entirely kind of different movie. Even though even though the premise is kind of the exactly the same in Return of the Living Dead Two, but I just love how it's silly. It doesn't take itself seriously. And again, it's one of those movies that's got huge atmosphere. It's a lot of fun to watch. Dana Ashbrook's in it. Shout out to Twin Peaks. <laughs> and I don't know. But again, I, I know I went off on a tangent, as we usually do. But I think, I think, and she's also in Night of the Creeps. She's she's the girl. She's the girl in the scene when Tom Atkins comes in and she's like, who are you? So I think she might do that. I'll tell you what. We'll do a little fact check, and we will let you know at the end of the episode. So, so there's one thing I can confirm when it comes to the actress that voices Bart. She was in the Twilight Zone movie. Okay. She was in that for a fact. She was in the segment with the... Uh, which is funny, because we're going to be touching on another Simpsons segment that's based on a Twilight Zone episode that's the inspiration for what I'm talking about. She's in the episode with the little boy... With the powers, yeah. she's like the sister, the blonde sister that gets put into the TV and like this. Do you think that's coincidence? May- maybe. <laughs> I know for a fact that's the actress that voices <laughs> Bart. So I know that. I, for that, I know. With the other two movies, I'm not sure, but we'll fact check that one. Answer coming at the end of the episode. <laughs> so the aliens start treating the Simpsons great, almost like royalty. They're preparing them all these foods, all this, so all good. these like like Homer has a steak and and Marge has some dish that's really hard to make and she's impressed by that, and they keep telling them that they're gonna take them to the great feast at Rigel Four. <laughs> so there's like this big feast back on their planet that they're taking the Simpsons to. There's this one really funny moment that made me laugh where like, I forget if it's Kang or Kodos, it's one of the two aliens. And they walk them, they walk the family over to a TV. And he's like, this is like a cable with like uh, a million channels. It has anything your heart desires. And Bart goes, does it have HBO? And he's like, no, that would cost extra. (laughs) So I love how even like, even like 30 years ago, over 30 years ago at this point, like, HBO is still expensive. It's it's still cost extra. It still costs extra to have. Even now, you want to get that streaming that HBO Max is going to run you fifteen bucks a month extra. So, <laughs> so I just got a kick out of that. I just got a kick out of that joke. It's fucking amazing. So throughout the entire segment, the aliens, you know, they constantly like make reference to how how delicious and plump the Simpsons look. They even go as far as like they weigh them at one point. And Lisa eventually kind of, she gets, she gets suspicious and she's kind of like, something's not right. So she sneaks into the kitchen and in the kitchen, we see Sarah, the preparer, he's making something and he has this line. He says, 
give the it gives the human the perfect flavor. It gives the humans the perfect flavor. So Lisa, she's like, what the fuck is he talking about? So she runs in and she grabs a cookbook. And on the cookbook, it says how to cook humans. So she rushes out and she rushes to her family and she's like, these guys want to eat us. (laughs) (laughs) And now comes and now comes the silliest moment of the episode. Well, the silliest moment of this segment, the whole episode is fucking silly in this segment is Korg or or, or Kodos. Listen, I just want to say. I'm impressed that you could still name these aliens because you said their names a few times and I already forgot all. So <laughs> props to you for, for, for remembering their names. <laughs> so at this point, there's this really funny moment where like Lisa misses a part like on the title of the book because there's some space dust on it. Kang blows on the book and he shows her. It says, how to cook for humans. And then Lisa's like, no, no, no. There's some more space dust. She blows on it, and it says how to cook for 40 humans. And then Kang is like, no, 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 there's a little bit more dust on here. And he blows on it, and it says how to cook for 40 humans. Like, this joke goes on. I thought it was going to go on even longer. So the aliens are disappointed, and they take them back to Earth, and they're like, you know what? You guys are going to just live normal lives and not be worshipped like gods and lisa has this like she has another moment where she kind of like says like we were the monsters on that ship not them just like in the last segment with bat with the bad dream house so it's just funny how they always give lisa these lines i don't know why it's just, it's it's amazing and and they're all mad at her at the end of the episode they're all mad at lisa they're like you're too you're we always told you you're too good for your you're, you're too smart for your own good <laughs> Don't I crispy shorn and shaven thou? I said. A no craven, ghastly grim and ancient raven wandering from the nightly shore. Tell me, tell me what thy lordly name is on the nice plutonian shore. Quoth the raven. Eat my shorts. Bart, stop it. He says never more, and that's all he'll ever say. Okay, okay. So the third and final segment in this episode is the raven. So... We cut back to the treehouse. Lisa is finally getting a chance to kind of tell her story because the last two were told by Bart. And she chooses the classic Edgar Allan Poe tale, The Raven. I would just like to add the decor in the treehouse, as simple as it is, is really great. It's just a bat, a skeleton, and a pumpkin. And, and, and I'm sorry, a jack-o'-lantern. And it looks, it's just so good. And I like how... The entrance to the treehouse is like a cut out piece of the wood. Like it's not even like it's like a <laughs> yeah. like a like a like a rectangle. It's like a jagged piece yeah. just ripped out of the wall. It is really good. I, I noticed that too. That there's like you see the little jack o' lantern. I think right behind like like Bart or something like that. And it, it adds to the little to their like little scary story setup that they have going on. So this segment is basically a parody version of the story, but. They have Homer as the narrator, which is actually voiced by James Earl Jones. <laughs> you noticed that right away, right? Mm-hmm. I was trying to figure that out. You know what? I was trying to figure that out. I was like, who's narrating this? And then once you just said that, I'm like, yep, that's it. That's the name I couldn't put my tongue on. Yep. Fucking Darth Vader was the, the voice of the narrator in, uh, in this segment. And, and Bart's the, the raven. Obviously, he's got to be the... Uh, the nuisance the jerk. of the uh, the whole segment, the whole story. It's cool, too, because they were able to fit all of them. 
So like Marge is Lenore, the painting of Lenore. Dude, I love that her hair is continued on another painting. Yeah. <laughs> that was my favorite part of that episode was that that there was a second painting of her of the one little piece of her hair. But it follows a lot of the same beats as the original story if you're familiar with it. You know, the narrator, he's reading a book to kind of distract himself from his lost love, Lenore, and a raven starts to tap. He starts hearing a tapping at his chamber door. And they buy, there's a lot of back and forth. He eventually lets the raven in through a window. And the raven starts to kind of like just drive him insane. So in the original story, the raven says, nevermore. But while Lisa's telling her story, Bart is kind of annoyed because he thinks it's boring. So he continuously like just interrupts <laughs> it. He just continues to interrupt Lisa. And it's great. So at one point, there's the buildup where the raven is about to say nevermore. But the raven says, eat my shorts, which is obviously a, 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 a very famous <laughs> oh, quote said his, by Bart Simpson. He's claimed exactly. the fame. <laughs> so <laughs> she's running through the story and, you know, the narrator's fighting the bird. He wants to choke, he wants to choke the bird out like Homer would choke out Bart. So, you know, they're playing up a lot of those, you know, those stereotypical things you'd, you'd associate The Simpsons with. And, you know, the story ends like normal. I think the, the, the Raven throws a bunch of books at, at, um, at Homer as the narrator. And he's eventually just kind of laid out and passes out with all these books around him. And then we cut back to Lisa. And he's kind of like, Bart's like not impressed by the story. He's like, that's not... That's not a scary story. And I think um, Lisa says that, you know, back in the 1800s, I guess people found this scary. Bart's just basically being a dick, like always. So one thing I thought was really funny is when they're when they're coming out of the treehouse and going down the ladder, I like how Maggie's hanging on the back of Bart. Like, she's got her arms wrapped around his neck on the, like, on his back. It was just really funny that... That's how they chose to have Maggie come down the come down the ladder on part. So everyone goes to bed uh, except for Homer because the kids the kids leave the treehouse and Homer's kind of just sitting there shivering in fright, which is hilarious because he actually found these like kid stories to be terrifying. <laughs> and they're laying in bed and Marge is like, "I'm not sleeping with the light on, Homer." And she's kind of trying to comfort him. She's like, "You know, Homer." They're just kid stories. They're make-believe. Like, don't worry about them. And I, I, I love this because he's laying in bed. It's dark. Now, I didn't mention this earlier, but when Homer arrived, when he arrived to the uh, treehouse and he was holding his candy, he says, I love Halloween because he's talking about the candy and, and he's eating all the candy and stuff. And it ends with Homer in bed <laughs> and he says, I hate Halloween. <laughs> so it's just really smart how they were able to kind of, you know, bring it full circle at the end of this episode. <clears throat> Hello, everyone. Before last year's Halloween show, I warned you not to let your children watch. But you did anyway. Hmm. Well, this year's episode is even worse. It's scarier, more violent, and I think they snuck in some bad language, too. So please, tuck in your children and... Well, if you didn't listen to me last time, you're not going to now. Enjoy the show. So Treehouse of Horror 2 
aired on October 31st, 1991. So on Halloween. That's pretty awesome. And it was part of Season 3, Episode 6. So just like the previous season, Marge comes out once again, like the original Frankenstein, and warns everyone again that this episode is even scarier than the previous episode. <laughs> I love how this was like just like they they kept like this cold open going just to kind of warn people. And <laughs> going back to this cuz I didn't say it in the previous episode, it really does make you think like damn, maybe I should have listened to Mars. Like is this going to be some dark shit I'm about to watch? <laughs> I love it. So after another, you know, wide shot and and panning into through another cemetery they kind of re they kind of cut and paste the same kind of idea uh they changed up the tombstones to other little funny sayings and stuff like that uh we we cut to the simpsons house and there's this one little thing i i loved and i don't know if you noticed it but when we get to that wide shot of the simpsons house you see the peanuts from the great pumpkin run by in their costumes did you catch that you know what? I didn't catch that. Dude, it's so great. I, I didn't remember that little like Easter egg, but like they're running in like a little group like they did in The Great Pumpkin. You know how they're all like huddled together running by? Like, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's literally that. So uh, I thought that was awesome. I, I like that there was hippies sitting in front of Jim Morrison's grave. And I like that one, one of the graves said, uh, R.I.P. Cajun cooking. Yeah. It's so dumb. They just do like all the uh, like... They just add a bunch yeah, of funny random shit. shit. Yeah, I even think this is like I don't know if I don't I don't think it was the first episode, but this is like the first time they took some of the cast and crew and they made their names all spooky yeah. sounding. Yeah, they did. Like it was like R.I.P. Frank and stuff like that. I think it's that because that's like a thing now with the Treehouse of Horror episodes. And I think I believe this was the first time they did it was with this second seat with this second episode. So inside the house, we cut to Homer. He's sitting on the sofa. And he's eating candy like a pig. Some trick-or-treaters come to the door. It's the bullies, I believe. And they, they kind of threaten him, like, give us candy or we'll throw eggs at your door or something like that. And he's like, aren't you guys too old to be trick-or-treating? <laughs> and he, they're like, ah, give it to us. They threaten him. He gives them the candy. They egg his house anyway. <laughs> so Marge, Bart, and Lisa, they come back from trick-or-treating. And Bart is dressed up as an ex- executioner. You know, when, when I was watching it, it just reminded me of... Uh, the song by Power Trip, the uh, Executioner's Tax. So That's we just want to. S- yeah, it's amazing. That whole album is amazing, and we just want to say is. rest in peace to Riley Gale. Uh, Louis and I both listen to a lot of hardcore metal, thrash crossover, whatever it is. It's a huge loss, and you know it just reminded me of that. And we just wanted to give our condolences and a shout out to Riley and Power Trip and for their friends and family. So Marge warns warns everybody basically because like homer and fucking lisa and bart are like scarfing down all this candy and she tells them only have one piece because if you have more than that you're gonna have nightmares which is the first time i've ever heard of that before we can we can add that to our halloween myths (laughs) exactly i've never heard that if you eat more than one piece of candy on halloween you'll have nightmares when they're all eating candy i don't know if you noticed so like they're all eating like you could see them picking out one piece of candy but when homer's eating his candy it looks like he's eating like gruel like it looks like it's like ground beef or something he's just shoving in his mouth like a fucking pig it's hilarious Once again, Homer is Marge's fourth child. He's like on his hands and knees eating the candy like the kids when she tells them about the whole nightmare thing. So they ignore Marge 
and they eat a shit ton of candy. I think at one point they cut to like Lisa laying in bed because the first segment is her dream, her nightmare. And she's in the bed with a ton of candy wrappers around her. She's eating them. She feels a little like sick. You can kind of tell. And she goes over to her, to her side and falls asleep. So then we transition into the monkey's paw, which is the first segment. Yeah, what is this thing? It is a monkey's paw dating back to our Lalbinavdalai. It has the power to grant wishes to its owner. Oh, yeah? How much? Sir, I must strongly advise you to not purchase this. Behind every wish lurks grave misfortune. I myself was once president of Algeria. Come on, pal. I don't want to hear your life story. Paw me! So the Simpsons are on a trip randomly to Morocco, and Homer decides to buy a monkey's paw from a peddler. And the peddler kind of warns Homer... He like tells him like, look, this monkey's paw will grant you three wishes, but with great misfortune. And obviously Homer fucking brushes the dude off. He's like, whatever. And he just walks back over to his family. And there's this one really great moment where Marge is like, where did you buy that ugly thing? And Homer points to like this ominous empty spot where there's like this little like breeze like it's empty now where the uh where the peddler was it's like a little wind tunnel yeah and then he realizes that he just pointed to the wrong area and the point and he moves his finger and he's like oh there he is (laughs) that shit's amazing yo the merch the merchant looks like Egg Shen from Big Trouble. Little yes, China. that's exact. He has like one big eyeball and one yeah, tiny. They had to have modeled modeled that 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 design of that character after him. They had it's, to. Have. It's great. It's fucking great. So side note, because before they go home, there's like this like little throwaway joke that I thought was really funny. Before they get on the plane, Homer gets caught smuggling souvenirs. And, like, all these, like, security guards and shit point their guns at him. And he's like, I didn't do anything. And they raise up his shirt, and it's all, like, taped to his body. And the one, like, guard is like, (laughs) you have to pay a fine of $2. (laughs) And Homer's like, okay. (laughs) Like, it's such a fucked up joke. One of the souvenirs he had was a bumper sticker that was taped to his stomach that said, Honk if you're Moroccan. I just thought it was funny that he was trying to smuggle that back on the plane. He has like a mug too, right? Or some shit to, like taped to him. It's, it's a mug. There's like a little camel doll. And then and then there's a, a pack of cigarettes. I just love how there's like that random like just throwaway joke in the middle of this. Like he gets the monkey's paw and they had to add in this little like stealing souvenir thing in the middle it just i just thought it was great i had to mention it so once home lisa like warns them to not make any wishes like i think homer's holding on to the monkey paw and while this happens i forget how but maggie grabs the paw and like closes her eyes and out of nowhere like this fancy like limousine pulls up and homer looks at it he's like oh maggie you wished for like a nice car a limousine for us and then this dude comes out with like a shiny new pacifier and knocks on the door and they're like oh she just wanted a new pacifier it's so dumb that's what i love about the simpsons dude like the jokes are so silly but they're great so after that bart grabs the monkey's paw like they're all excited now because they see that maggie's wish came true bart grabs the monkey's paw and he's like i wish for us to be rich and famous but this wish backfires and the, the entire town kind of like hates them because now they're like on every billboard. They're even on like mammogram test. Yep. <laughs> and they there's have a woman, CDs. she's like, they have music. Yeah, they have CDs, music. Yeah. Like with the mammogram like, test, there's like a woman, like one of the characters is like, 
they've gone too far. Like it's so- dude. The restaurant that they go in is uh, is called the Gilded Truffle, and I'm like, what the hell does that even mean? I need to look that up. But I but that that is just a really funny name to me, the Gilded Truffle. So Lisa is like, okay, we have to change this. So it's her turn to make a wish, and she wishes for world peace. And this causes like everyone to be super happy. Like nations are joining together. People are getting rid of their weapons and burning their guns and knives and shit. Dude, the best part, the best part is how it's a line of like different soldiers from like different countries and like different kinds of like people and like different jobs. And then there's Krusty and Krusty has the most weapons out of everyone. (laughs) He's got brass knuckles, knives, guns. This is amazing. He's like, I won't need, I won't need these anymore. And he burns. And they're just tossing him into this giant pit of fire. It's amazing. (laughs) So the whole world is now peaceful and happy. And guess who shows up? Kang and Kodos again. And they're deciding that this is the time to conquer the earth and make all of the humans slaves. So they land on the planet and they come out holding a club and a slingshot. <laughs> Yo, I have that in my notes. Aliens with a club and slingshot with a crying emoji face. So eventually Marge... She's like begging Homer, like the entire world's going to shit. We're slaves. I think like everything is terrible. And she tells Homer, they're just kind of going back and forth. And Homer's like, look, I'm going to make a wish. And what does he wish for? A turkey sandwich. (laughs) And he's like, oh, this seems like a perfectly normal turkey sandwich. And what happens? Nope. It's a dry turkey sandwich. (laughs) And he's so disappointed. Sandwich looked good, though. I'll give him that. <laughs> so Homer, like, basically everyone's come to terms. They're like, look, this monkey's paw is evil. Let's get rid of it. Homer goes outside. And as he's about to throw it away, he sees Flanders. And Flander has this, like, you know, he's like, how do you do, neighbor? Oakley he Doakley. says, how do you do, like, slave or something like that? Or Oakley Dokely, fellow slave. I think he says that. <laughs> and Homer's like, oh, He's like, you know, he asked Homer, he's like, oh, is that one of those like wish granting like monkey paws? And Homer's like, yeah, do you want it? Because, you know, he hates Flanders. So he hands the he hands the um, the monkey's paw to Flanders and Flanders like, hmm, what should be my first wish? Wish. And he says to, to have the aliens go go away or go back to their planet. Now, in this shot, you see the aliens chasing Mo. And Moe's like, ah, get away from me. And then as soon as Flanders makes this wish, Moe's chasing the aliens with a board and a single nail. <laughs> Dude, that joke, I don't know why. I love I love how that's what what scares them. And the aliens make a they, they make you know that it's one of the most dangerous weapons. They're like they were able to they were able to defeat us with a board and single nail. <laughs> but you know what's scary? What they say is that it and it is and it's actually like a ton of relevance to now. Was that the aliens are like, you know, they're gonna create a bo- a bigger board with a bigger nail in it, and it's gonna destroy them all. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, wow. Ain't that the truth? So the episode ends again. Flanders is looked at as a hero, and he turns his house into a castle. And Homer just watches because he's upset because the monkey paw had a negative effect on his family. But Flanders is living like a king now. Most tavern. Hold on, I'll check. Uh, hey, everybody! 
I'm a stupid moron with an ugly face and a big butt, and my butt smells, and I like to kiss my own butt. Wait a minute. <laughs> so we cut back to the wraparound segment with Lisa asking Bart if she can sleep with him in the bed, and he kind of is like, sure, just one candy bracelet, because again... No, Lisa Lisa offers him a candy necklace. So when Bart eats it, like, he eats it in, like, a second, and then he, get, and then he hands her the string back. Like, I was thinking, like, holy shit. Like, I remember, like, when we used to have the candy, ne- the, the candy necklaces, we would eat them, and A, they were not easy to eat, because A, the shit got stuck in your teeth, the fucking rope, that the candy was on got stuck on your teeth. And there was always like a little piece of the candy on there. There was always saliva on the fucking rope. It was disgusting. Ca- candy bracelets and candy necklaces were great were, and were also horrible. I, I'll never say I was a big uh, a big fan of them. So. <laughs> so yeah, so she hops in bed and she goes to sleep and Bart rolls over. And this is how we transition into his nightmare, his segment. And that is the Bart Zone. So this episode is basically a parody of the Twilight Zone episode, It's a Good Life. Bart has the ability to use his mind to bend reality and he can transform people into like these like real weird creatures or whatever. It's very reminiscent of the Twilight Zone episode. If you know the Twilight Zone episode, you know exactly where this is going. So... This causes the town of Springfield to kind of constantly be in fear of Bart. They're always smiling. They're always kind of like cheerful, but it's all fake. You know what I mean? At one point, Lisa and Homer are like at home smiling, watching TV. I think they're watching a football game. And Bart shows up and he's like, I want to watch Krusty. And out of frustration, while they're watching the football game, I think one of the players is like kicking a field goal. Homer is turned into the ball and he's in the TV and he hits like the, uh, he hits the goalpost. He hits that. (laughs) And he, he comes back home and he's got like bandages on his head and he's frustrated. And he's telling himself like, he's going to keep it cool because again, Bart can, has all these powers, but he can't control himself. And he wants to bash Bart over the head with a chair. (laughs) And in that moment, Bart transforms him into a jack-in-the-box with like just by pointing at him. Very similar to the It's a Good Life episode. When Bart is watching Krusty and Krusty's like, I can't do it anymore, and he's on TV, and then he catches himself, and he's like, let me see if I can get any uh, Sideshow Bob's legal over-the-counter wake-up drugs. And I'm like, wow. I was like, this is a cartoon in 1991, and they're making a reference about drugs like that. I was like, that's amazing. So Marge takes Homer, who's still a jack-in-the-box, and Bart to go see Dr. Marvin Monroe. And he kind of recommends that, like, they do more father and son stuff. So, like, they go to, like, baseball games and, and an amusement park. It's all kind of told through, like, a montage of them having a good time. And just how, like, how difficult it is for Homer because he's a jack-in-the-box. Like, there's this one part where, like, they go up on a roller coaster and down on a roller coaster and the cart goes down, but it's since his, yeah, out his head is on a spring, so it's still further up. So Bart eventually kind of changes his ways, and he's like, oh, you're my dad. I love you. And Homer's like, hey, can you turn me back into, like, my normal form? And Bart's like, sure. 
and he transforms Homer back into his normal form. And the two of them kind of like embrace. And Homer <laughs> kisses Bart on the cheek like in a loving fatherly way. And that causes Bart to wake up from his nightmare. Like, that's his nightmare. The fact that... His nightmare, he loved his dad. <laughs> his dad loved him. <laughs> and they're now they're, and now both of them are scared because of this. So they both have had their nightmares. They're fucking freaking out. And they go to their parents' room. And they ask Marge and Homer, like, Hey, is it okay if we sleep in the bed with you guys? You know, we had a nightmare so-and-so. So Homer's like, ah, yeah, get in the bed. It's all right. He go, And he explains to them that he has to be at work in two hours. And that's how we transition into his dream, his nightmare. And that's the segment, If I Only Had a Brain. It wasn't supposed to be this way. <laughs> it was supposed to be a thing of beauty, not this abomination. <laughs> oh, Smithers, I was wrong to play God. Life is precious, not a thing to be toyed with. Now take out that brain and flush it down the toilet. So in Homer's dream, he's fired by Mr. Burns because he's caught sleeping on the job at the power plant. And like Mr. I think Smithers tells Mr. Burns, like, it's time to make an example. Let's do a random firing. So they're looking at like across all the security cameras and like Homer's like passed out with like donuts and shit in his office in like his little cubicle. There's one. So when they're panning, so when they pan to Homer, they pan to the guys that, you know, drinking coffee and, and eating donuts. Then, then he pans over to guys in like a shower messing around and he calls them slugabeds. And I was like. I was like, I've never heard that term before, but there is a producer named Slugabed who's like electronic. That's a deep cut Simpsons reference that they chose to use as a name. <laughs> yeah, it's like very beat oriented, like electronic, kind of trappy, uh, like beats. And his, his, her name, I'm pretty sure it's a he, is Slugabed. So I'm like, that's got to be where he got his name from. Because, I mean, I've never heard that term only from knowing the producer, but actually hearing it outside of that is on the simpsons just now so i have a feeling that's where they got the name for that that's actually pretty cool <laughs> listen when i started producing under without you i'm hunting them which i don't go under anymore i mean it's still active but i usually just i go under my name d catalano when you know like if people like i've had people tell me like ask me where is like what is your name from and i don't tell them i've maybe told two people where my name is from and then <laughs> someone figured out where it was from and they were like what is wrong with you and i'm like that's the that is the reason why my name is that name is because you just asked me what is wrong with me because you did the fucking footwork to find out what the hell it was from so stuff like that always gets me and i think it's amazing yeah it's, it, it's awesome it's it's cool it's cool when people do stuff like that so it's revealed that Mr. Burns and Smithers are creating a robot and they want it to be kind of like the perfect worker, but it's missing a brain. <laughs> and the robot basically looks like Homer when you see it. So back at the Simpsons home, uh, Bart and Lisa are kind of like looking through note newspapers. You know, Homer's bummed because he's unemployed and Bart notices in the paper that there's this good job paying, you know, pretty decent money, but it's at night. And Homer's like, oh, that sounds like a really great job. What is it? And Bart goes, it's a grave digger. And he like snickers all evilly. Let's, let's rewind. 
Bart goes, oh, here's a job. He's like $28 an hour, outdoors, and you get to be around interesting people. And Homer's like, this is great. And then he goes, what is it? And he's like, it's a grave digger. And he just starts laughing maniacally. It's hilarious. So on Homer's first night of the job, he falls asleep in the open grave. And Mr. Burns and Smithers, they come across him and they think he's a corpse for some reason. They don't realize it's Homer, their, their own employee. But Mr. Burns, I'm, I'm sure Mr. Burns could care less about Homer at this point. So that makes sense. So they drag his body. He doesn't even realize it is Homer. Yeah, he just they just think he's a dead body. Yeah. So they drag his body back to the lab. They put him in like a bag. I think there's like this funny joke where like Mr. Burns is like whacking him with like a, a shovel because Smithers is like, oh, he's still alive. And he just keeps whacking him. And back at the lab, they remove Homer's brain and put it into the robot. Once the robot comes to life, it basically... Starts to act like like lazy, just like Homer, like lazy, falling asleep. It's not productive at all. So karma basic, b- basically bit Mr. Burn in the ass. The robot goes right for the donuts. <laughs> it does. It's fucking, it's Homer. They basically made a robot Homer. Mr. Burns is all disappointed and Smithers basically like, you know, there's nothing we could do about it. So Mr. Burns is like, just remove the brain and destroy it. And Smithers is like, I think his family would want him back. So Mr. Mr. Burns is like, all right, fine. Just whatever. Do whatever. Just get rid of the shit. I don't want to deal with it anymore. And in the process, after removing the brain and putting it back into Homer, the robot is all like like statuesque. It's all like not functional. And it falls on top of Mr. Burns crushing him except for his head. So it's it's funny because uh, Smithers... Uh, when when they're putting the brain back in Homer, he goes, "This man's very much alive," <laughs> and 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 Mr. Burns goes, "Oh, you're right. I guess I owe you a coke." <laughs> and I was like, "What? A, what? A, what a random, silly, random, dumb, but to me very entertaining line to just throw in there." Yeah, it is. It, it that's what again. That's what I love about the Simpsons. It's just these little jokes that are so random, but they make you chuckle. It, and some of them don't even make sense when you think about it. So, since they're in a lab, they get the bright idea to remove Mr. Burns' head and sew it onto Homer's body. So, Homer now has two heads. So, at that moment, Homer wakes up from his nightmare, and we're back in the wraparound segment of the show. And he looks over, and it wasn't a dream. Mr. Burns' head is actually sewn onto his shoulder. And I forget what Mr. Burns says, but he like looks over, and it's like Mr. Burns is there looking at him in the bed. And there's also like this like really silly like moment and they pretend like the rest of the show is going to be Mr. Burns permanently on Homer's body. <laughs> I, I, I wish they would do like an episode where I, and I, I don't know if there is one because maybe there is, but it would be really funny if they actually followed up and did a whole episode <laughs> with that. Like the lost episode where Mr. Burns is attached <laughs> be to amazing. Homer. It would be. That'd be hilarious. This Halloween. Get a good haul this year? <laughs> Something strange is happening to the Simpsons. Every day, same old cat. I'll make it more interesting. Is Bart turning into a monster with sinister powers? Get from your side of the family. No monsters on my side. Are aliens invading Springfield? We can resolve our differences peacefully. Ow. And what's happening to Homer? <laughs> is it trick or treat? <laughs> the Simpsons, Thursday at 8 on Fox 5. 
So, Lou, we ran through the first two episodes of The Simpsons Treehouse of Horrors. Which segment out of both episodes was your favorite? So, it's a tough one because, honestly, I like, I like all the segments. I like both episodes. I'm not a... Um, I, I can't choose one over the other, but if I had to choose one segment, one that I feel like I could rewatch a couple times, which I did for for the podcast, it would have to be "Hungry Are the Damned." Um, I just like the concept of the Simpsons as a family going up into an alien spaceship and thinking that these aliens want to eat them. <laughs> it like it's absurd. And what's funny is it's not very Halloween-y, if you think about it. It's more like science fiction. But just the whole, like, the whole setting. And I love, I've always loved the Kang and Coda. Like, I've always loved the alien characters. I thought they were, like, just the slobber coming out of their mouth permanently. And just the way they talk. And, and like, like how, how, like, they're supposed to be these, like, smart, intelligent beings. And they're not. Like, they're kind of dumb. <laughs> and, like, even the Simpsons, like take them as a more threat like a more threatening like you know more threatening than they actually are so if i had to choose one it would have to be that segment i, I don't know it just i i always i find the jokes funny like that hbo joke is great and just the whole concept is just so outlandish that i just had a lot of fun watching it if you had to pick one dave what would it be so if i was to choose a segment it would likely be bad dream house but out of both episodes, what I liked even more was the wraparound, especially the wraparound in the first Treehouse of Horror. So I like that they decided to use the end of Halloween as, as you know as the wraparound, and how Homer was coming back from trick or treating, and the kids were telling each other scary stories inside the treehouse. I just really, really love that. It is interesting how they chose the end of Halloween to kind of focus like on these wraparounds. Like they, they chose in, in the first one, the treehouse. the kids are kind of just telling stories and Homer showing up from trick or treating. And in the second one, the kids are coming home with Marge and Homer's just kind of home giving candy out to trick or treaters. Like you don't see too many Halloween specials that focus on the end of Halloween. Yeah, you know, and, and again, both they, they they for the first two they they chose to do it on the on the end of Halloween, and I just really love that. And yeah, so I'm, I'm gonna go with the wraparounds. And it's interesting because they could have easily like continued on with the treehouse gimmick. You know what I mean? Like the whole like okay, the kids are in the treehouse, they're telling stories, and continue that on every like season. You know, for these episodes. And they don't. Yeah. So it's just interesting how these specific episodes are known as the Treehouse of Horror episodes. And so far, only this first one has a treehouse in it. The second one doesn't. But they're known as that. And and honestly, I, I, can't, I don't recall every single... There's been a lot of Treehouse of Horror episodes. If they go back to it, I think they do. But it's just... It's such a cool... Like, such a cool, like, just concept. And... If you're not a fan of The Simpsons, at least watch these episodes. More than likely, if you're listening to us, realistically, you probably do enjoy The Simpsons. <laughs> right, Dave? You you agree with me, right? Like the-, the, the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror is something that you can definitely add to your list that is, again, just synonymous with Halloween. I think 
there's many things that you can say that you can think in your head that go with Halloween. And I think once you say Treehouse of Horror, that's just one of the things that you can automatically be like, oh, Halloween. So again, it's it, it should be on your list to check out. They're fun. They're, they're mindless. And it's just Halloween. Has Bart joined the living dead? We have to kill the boy! How'd you know he's a vampire? Vampire? The Simpsons Scarathon continues next. So, we did a little digging around. The actress Suzanne Snyder, who I was referring to from Return of the Living Dead 2, who was also in Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and was also in Night of the Creeps, did not voice act Bart Simpson. Louie? Who did? Nancy Cartwright. See, <laughs> that's who voices Bart. And she was in the Twilight Zone movie. <laughs> so, I apologize for that tangent. I was wrong. But you all should go watch Return of the Living Dead Part 2 because I love that movie. So, with that being said, be sure to subscribe. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Haunted Hangover. And if you can rate and review us, that would be greatly appreciated. And remember, the best cure for a hangover is more booze. Later, guys.